Got it. Here we go. All right, Teeny, she's back. Teeny, she's back. So, all right, just be on your best behavior. Got it? All right, here she comes. All right. This is John Curley, Sherry Elliger's show. No. Yeah, Sherry's back. All right, let me get her in here. Here she comes out. Starring Sherry and Lauren Green. There we go. It's got all messed up. All right. Everybody all right? Yes. Yeah? Okay. Yes. <laughs> wow, well, there you go. Hello, Susan. Hi, Teeny. That's Sherry. All right. Well, it's been a while, Already. Sherry. You haven't been on for a couple of days. You haven't been on for a couple of days. All right. Well, the um, Philadelphia Eagles go down to defeat and uh, doesn't stop the Philly fans from uh, heading out into the street. By the way, Rye's coming on at five to give his analysis. And I want to thank him very much because I placed what would be known as a legal wager, if I might add. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, this kind of gross, wasn't it? Um, yeah. New gross voice. Put that under a new gross voice, Andrew. Put me down in the book for gross voices. Got the, it. Uh, so Saturday around 8 o'clock, I'm sitting with some friends, and um, friend Troy's like, so your son knows a lot about football? I said, yeah. Who, 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 who are you going to bet on? I, so I called Rye right away. I, friendly wager. And um, I was panicking. I voted, I went against the Eagles, and I, uh, I was writing Rye throughout the game. He's like, Dad, don't panic. This is all according to plan. Don't worry. This is exactly what we thought was going to happen. And there you go. So it ends. Um, but, well, the nice thing is that when it comes to Philadelphia fans, they uh, there's no reason they – I'm surprised they didn't set things on fire prior to the game because it just saves time because some of the things they do like to burn take a little time to really get going. Um, but in this case, they still took to the streets. Um, and win or lose, they would have taken to the streets. And I like the fact that they grease the light poles every year whenever the Eagles – are in the Super Bowl. The city heads out ahead of time to grease the poles so people don't climb the poles. And it doesn't, doesn't stop them at all. Where is it? Where? Oh, here it is. Eagles lost. All right. By the way, is Philly guy going to come on later on? Jacob, did you book him too? Yes. Okay, wow. Well, <laughs> so very cryptic answer. Here we go. Prior to the pass, holding number 24. Defense. Five-yard penalty. Automatic. Yeah, that's worst-case scenario. You'll see James Bradbury. They're going to say he grabs him. He's got his left hand on his back. I don't know. Mike, listen, I think on this stage, I I think you let him play. Obviously, Mahomes thought he saw it. I think, I don't know, I think you let him play, finish this thing out. I don't love that call, Mike. I mean, I think you got to see the whole thing. It seemed to me at the initial break, he grabbed the back of the jersey and pulled it. If we see that, I think that is a hole. Okay, so if those who watch the Super Bowl, so then you know uh, that Bradbury for the Eagles um, has a chance to, well, he grabs the jersey, holds the jerseys by the 147 left in the game. The flag comes up, and people are all upset about it. But later on, Bradbury did admit to the fact that, well, you know, when they asked him in the locker room. I mean, that's like, not well, enough for my judgment. You know, I, I was hoping he would let it go, but of course, you know, he's a ref. It's a big game. Um, and it was, it was a hold, so they called it. There you go. That was a big turning point in the game anyway. The things could have turned around for him. But when Bradbury actually says, yeah, you know what I did? I, I held. So that's a respectable thing to do. That doesn't stop. Either they edited that for us by not saying the words, Jacob, or someone else had done that. <laughs> the Philly fans on the street were very concerned about <laughs> radio broadcasters in Seattle not having to waste their time censoring them. 
Hey, everybody, listen, we all get together here. Remember, no curse words. Just leave a blank. It'll make it. We'll get more airplay that way. Philly, the police. This is your fucking warning. It's like your mom with, I'm going to give you three seconds, three, two, just stand there, disperse. The word disperse, uh, you know, sort of an early SAT word for those uh, Philly fans, probably (laughs) lost on many of them. Did you get a chance to smell any of the burning, whatever they were setting on fire there in Philly, Sherry? No, you know, I am not a Philadelphia Eagles fan from way back for two reasons. One, Michael Vick, because I... Of, mm-hmm. of Michael Vick. I don't need to say any more than that. Mm-hmm. And also because being the lifelong Redskins fan, there was a time when the Redskins played the Philadelphia Eagles and the Redskins had the Indian chief who would come out there and the Redskins won and they broke the chief's legs. Uh, violent, violent fans. So, yeah, I was wait, very wait. happy. I've never heard that story about the Philadelphia what? fans. Yeah. It, where was Look the chief? and? Look it up. Yeah, the chief, the Indian you, chief that was like a mascot, came to the game, and the Philadelphia fans ganged up on him and broke his legs. And so I was delighted when they lost. It was very close. I did watch most of it. I, I, I kind of was in and out a little bit just because I didn't really, I didn't really follow it. But, um, but I did, I did watch most of it, and I did see the the finer points. So I was glad when the Chiefs won. Okay. Yeah, this was ni- ni- 1983 was when it happened, okay, Sherry, wait. apparently. Why don't, you, why, don't you, why don't you read it to us in your weird, sad voice? <laughs> okay. Jacob. In 1983... Hang on, hang on. In 1983, Zima Williams, hope I'm pronouncing that right, known to those associated with the Burgundy and Gold as Chief Z, hit the road for a Redskins-Eagles uh, Redskins matchup. Dressed in his customary costume, Williams was beaten up twice during his visit to Veterans Stadium, according to the Washington City paper. First, two people ripped his clothes and threw the feathers he was wearing on his head from the upper deck down into the seats below. That, though, would pale in comparison to what happened to him in the parking lot afterwards. Those same two attackers, plus two others, assaulted Williams and, among other things, broke his leg. He had to use a wheelchair and crutches the rest of the year, mm-hmm. according to NBC music. Sports. Yes. The music volume, volume, volume. Doesn't really kind of take off, does it? Not a big swell there. (laughs) No, I was hoping for a bigger swell. All right. Well, just one leg, Sherry, not both legs. Yeah, not both. Okay, I'm sorry. You know what, men? Forget the whole thing. Nothing bad happened. The poor guy had to be in a wheelchair, but so what? It was only one leg, baby. Hold on. The other thing is, if you're dressed as a mascot and you're in a wheelchair, I mean, that really takes away from it, right? Don't you think? Right. But he was a big symbol. I mean, he, you saw him at every game. He was always there. He was a dedicated fan. And they had to go and do that to them. So I have no affection for the Philadelphia Eagles. That's kind of romantic, actually, like a sad longing as opposed to like That's from dramatic. Platoon. That's at the end of Platoon. Oh. Um, all right. The other Philly, the great Philly story about the Philly fans. 
Um, let's see. Everybody knows this one. It snowed really hard. They didn't know if they're going to call off the game or not. Then they said, "Yeah, we will have the game." So they end up having the game. Uh, Santa Claus, who was supposed to come in and just walk around the outside of the field um, and just wave to all the fans, just didn't show up. So they went to the crowd, and there was this 14-year-old boy. I think he was 14 or 15. Heavy set Italian kid. Imagine that from Philadelphia. And they said, "Hey." Would you mind walking around the field? And I think he was in his own Santa Claus costume. I don't think they had a costume for him. So he's in his own Santa Claus costume. He's walking around the outside of the field. And as he's coming around just waving everybody, they start pelting him with snowballs. And he makes it, I don't think, about a half, a quarter of a way around. And now they're just unloading on the guy. I even saw that somebody did a documentary caught up to him with like 25 or 30 years later about what it was like. And he explains like, yeah, I was out there and they just came up to me and it was really horrible. They snow snibbles at me and they're all yelling at me at my costume, but I didn't have a costume I thought was going to be any good. I just happened to have the Santa Claus costume, but then they were screaming at me about how horrible I looked. I was at the game the time Santa Claus came in again. He flies in as on a parachute and as he comes in, he, the wind catches it strangely and he hits him, hits his head on the goalpost and falls on the ground. And then they started pelting him with snowballs as well. Did he break anything? Um, let me check. Okay. No. Nothing was okay. broken. He just uh, he hit his head. He was fine. He was bleeding, slightly unconscious, but still was able to feel many of the snowballs, which at that point were like more ice balls hitting him. When I sold beer at Veterans Stadium, which was the worst job my brother and I ever had, you have two places to buy the beer, which is both on the, like the 200 or the 100 level. So the thing was you buy the rack of beer for like 40 bucks or whatever, and then you made like I think six bucks a rack. So you buy from the one place, and then you want to go straight out from where you bought it, right across, and then sell it closest in because the beer is going to get warm, and then you want to run back. So my brother and I figured out, we'll go in, buy it, and we only have to go like about 40 yards, and we're right into the like 100 section where we can sell the beer. And I said to the one guy, can we sell anywhere? Hey, you can sell anywhere you want. Go ahead. I was like, oh, okay, fine. So we got the beer, come running out. As I'm heading over into the 100 section, Sherry, with my rack of beer, Looking forward to making five bucks. This guy comes up and goes, hey, where are you going, new guy? I was like, um, going to sell right in here. Oh, are you early? Well, maybe you won't have much trouble. Maybe you should have some problems selling if you had, if you didn't, if your beer wasn't all like messed up. I'm cutting all the curse words out. <laughs> and he grabs the rack and shakes the rack. Uh-oh. So all the beer, like a lot of the beer comes out. So as I'm heading back, kind of stunned by this, I run into another beer vendor. He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that, a lot of times, new guys will, like, you're not allowed to be over there. You got to be up top on a 600 level. I said, I got, like, half my beers are empty. Yeah, you got to go into the bathroom and refill them. <laughs> yeah. That's what? reassuring. Seeing the beer man with a full <laughs> or half rack of beer walking into the disgusting bathrooms there at the Veterans Stadium. Well, how would you? So my brother went up to the 600 level. My brother goes to the 600 level, and beer here, beer here, beer here, beer here. We practice on the way in. Beer here, beer here. (laughs) Guys, oh beer. Chuck's like, all right, there you go, eight bucks or whatever it was, wasn't that much money. And hands the beer down, and it is the tradition in America, Western civilization, that when you hand the beer down the line, everybody passes the beer down, and then the guy hands the money, and then every single stranger sitting to the right of him hands the money back, right? Ten and whatever it is. Yeah, keep change, that kind of thing, right? 
So in this case, Chuck hands the beer down. Guy gets the beer. Chuck goes, yeah, $8. Yeah, I got your $8 right here. And then makes an obscene gesture towards his groinal area. And Chuck goes, no, come on, seriously. He's like, yeah, I'm serious over to here. Come on, come get him, over. I just stole the beer. So Chuck realized just all animals on the 600 level. Right. All animals in the stadium. Exactly. I'm just curious. I don't understand. Whoa, whoa, Sherry. Please. (laughs) The whole stadium is nothing but animals? Well, there are some really aggressive people and then the Eagles fans are, this is a le- legendary. They know this. Wait, I want to go back to something. How did you go into the bathroom to refill everything? I don't get I that. I didn't. I didn't. But what? But would that's be what the, the guy told me to do. He wanted you to water, water them down. Yeah, you just water put water down. Oh, I was worried about okay. You? Oh, no. Okay. God, <laughs> Sherry. <laughs> hey, it is Philadelphia. <laughs> Anything's possible. What did you think I was going to do in there? I didn't know. I didn't know. I was. That's why I got. No, confused. no, no, no. You obviously had some idea. Yeah, I, f- I figured. It you out. had to go back to it. Yeah, you thought I was going to go. So I got a. I got a rack of beer. Some of it's missing. I'm going into the bathroom, and you're concerned about me, quote unquote, refilling it. And you even <laughs> well, stopped you my it. story and made me you... go back to it. No, but what were you? What, 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 what do you think I'm going to do? I didn't ah. know. I didn't know that such a rough crowd. I didn't know what they were asking you to do. You have to admit, it's it, it, any anything is possible with this group they could be required let it to go do things you, oh, oh, you know what we're gonna do jacob's gonna get that indian chief with the busted leg who's uh-huh. obviously right. gotten over it and then get him on the air and then have him talk to you and then just let you know just let it go i are passionate philadelphia fans are passionate i don't want to be morbid but i cannot this was in the ninth this was 1983 and the photo that i've i have to imagine Yes. I don't know if I don't know if Zima Williams is still with us. Is my I don't think I don't think the chief the chief is with us anymore, okay. unfortunately. But he was a wonderful symbol, and it's too bad. It's too bad that Philadelphia fans had to break. I'm sorry, one of his legs. <laughs> okay, the big baby that he was, and he had to be in a wheelchair. It's not enough. That would be the most impressive interview guest if I if I were able to get someone yes. from beyond the veil. And, and and if he and if he if forgiveness is a gift you give yourself. <laughs> if he had forgiven them, then I certainly would think about it. Okay. Get his wife on the phone, Jacob. Yeah. All right. All right. Fine. Done. We cover any other news? Wow. We missed all those other stories. AOC was... criticizing the Super Bowl commercial. By the way, I'm going to help people with that that Super Bowl Jesus thing about Jesus being a, a legal immigrant or a refugee. Not true. Let's see, moving on. Okay, yeah, we still have a lot of good stuff. Oh, this is the restaurant that Sherry wants to go to. Man, you come back bitter and angry, Sherry. <laughs> Just honest. Just honest. <laughs> Honestly, bitter and angry. Honestly, Honestly bitter and angry. The Jersey honest. restaurant that Sherry will go to now, uh, the church that helps children better behave by drugging them. Now, that's right. not good. Would you go to the restaurant if you knew the kids were drugged prior to coming into the restaurant or they were serving them drugs at the I, table? No, I would never advocate that. But I would be thrilled if we didn't have to watch someone squeeze spaghetti between both of, the, both of their hands the whole night and throw it on the floor. 
and at everybody else. That would make me happy. Would you, would you go to a restaurant if you had heard in the news that they are now um, stopping anybody from coming in if they have a kid? What is it under 10? Yeah, under 10. Under 10, yeah. Would you be more likely or less likely to go to that restaurant? The saddest thing is, this restaurant's been around for like 40 years or something like that. They're in New Jersey. So obviously, it's not the kid, it's the parents. Well, exactly. That's always what it is. The kids don't know any better. They're just being kids. It's not their fault. But still, if you have parents that won't won't do what they're supposed to do to keep everybody under control, then you have no choice but you to do what they need sometimes. to do. Get some of those Philly fans to go up no, there yeah. and start breaking some legs. No, it's not for kids. Oh, you draw the line on that. Here we go. The John Curley Sherry Elliker Show. Starring Sherry Elliker and Lauren Green. All right. By the way, I sent you Lauren Green, Jake, in case you didn't. I was going to let you do that part of it. <laughs> you did give me. Yes, you warned me. I'll right, give you the heads up on it. All right. Uh, so the story from the Wall Street Journal is apparently there's this place, uh, Nettie's House. It's a restaurant, Italian restaurant there in New Jersey, right off of Asbury Avenue. Ooh, wow. Nice area. And um, <clears throat> they're closed now, Sherry, but they open again on Wednesday. But if you're under the age of 10, don't even thinking about crossing over the threshold of Nettie's spaghetti house. Mm-hmm. They say Why? that it's a lack of space um, for high chairs. Um, they have some liability uh, concerns about kids running too fast, running through the area. Um, and also the crazy messes that children can leave. So um, they decided that this is the best course of action for their restaurant. They understand that there are going to be people upset that it's not necessarily the kids fault they know that there are lots of well-behaved children out there but they said that um we love kids we really truly do but lately it's been extremely challenging to accommodate children at netties um they said this is going to make some of you very upset especially those of you with well-behaved kids but we believe this is the right decision for our business moving forward they got over 30,000 uh, reactions on Facebook and some of them were good or some of them were negative but most of them were pretty good people understood and they said look i don't i don't i don't really blame you it's it's not always the most pleasant experience to have a bunch of noisy kids in a restaurant or kids that parents are not controlling and they do make a terrible mess sometimes I guess they probably looked at their clientele and thought, okay, can we afford to alienate families that have 10 and under kids come in with two kids or whatever? So then they decide, well, because they're not going to leave the 10-year-old at home with a babysitter. <laughs> taking your breath. We're taking Jimmy and mom and dad are going and Bobby's staying home. So they probably look at their, okay, we're losing Right. They probably also realized that the majority of their, in terms of what, how much money they would make, um, they're not going to make that much money off of kids. Because if they have a kid's menu or if they have a kid's, uh, some sort of a kid's meal, that's not going to be that, you know, that expensive. So what they'll do more than likely is just yeah, they're going to have to, I guess, take the child's menu off unless there's going to be kids that are, I guess, 12 or whatever it is, since you can have a kid that's over 10 come in. But they'll make more money that way as well. And people will 
begin to have that choice of if I don't want to go to a restaurant where there's placemats and crayons, I can go there. I don't think it's a I don't think it's a terrible idea. I think it gives people choices and it's their right to do that. What do you think, Jacob? I think we lost John. We did. Yeah, we're uh, hoping to get him back eventually. Um in the meantime, <laughs> we did have uh, another uh, children-related story that we wanted to discuss, um, which actually Fox 59's Russ McQuaid does a bit of the setup for us if we want to transition. Yeah. Okay, this here we go. Is, this is another bad, this is a bad kid story, okay? This is not about, True. this is not about like wanting kids to, to, uh, to be quiet this way, but this happened in Indianapolis and it's a lot of, uh, parents' biggest fear, I think, is that they send their kids off to daycare and something like this happens. This was parent Paul Caudill's reaction when he read my copy of the probable cause affidavit. It's pretty bad. It's pretty staggering how, how many of these children were subjected to this the same as mine. Tanya Rochelle Voris was the executive director of the Kids Life Child Care Ministry at New Life Church. With it being a church organization, you shouldn't have to worry about like whether my daughter's safe at that at that facility. On January 31st, the pastor called Cumberland Police to report a staff member told him Voris was giving kids melatonin at nap time. The assistant said she had done so too until her conscience got the better of her. That's when the pastor started calling in the parents one by one. And I explained to him, I was like, so you mean that somebody had been drugging my daughter? There was a lot of anger that came towards the end of it, but you know, I was, I was in a church with, with a pastor. Several of the parents told police they noticed behavioral and physical changes in their children. She would have random outbursts of emotion. Just, and it would always be towards bedtime. It was always, she wouldn't eat. Like, she would complain about headaches. Caudill said after detoxing his daughter from the melatonin side effects, she's back to herself and he's looking for a new child care center. That spunky little sassy toddler is back, not the little zombie that I used to pick up. Voris faces one felony charge of neglect of a dependent and one misdemeanor reckless supervision charge. So this was melatonin that they were giving to the kids. Now, this is not a defense, but it was children's melatonin. So I guess they thought this was going to be the way to keep the kids asleep, keep them quiet, keep them happy, um, and also, I guess, to control their anger when they find out they can no longer go to Nettie's for a big (laughs) pot of spaghetti because they were were so upset about it. Um, So is John MIA now or is John uh, on on his way uh, back? Yeah, still some type of um, uh, technical issue that we're working through. So no, uh, it doesn't look like he'll make it back for this segment yet. Um, Sorry, Andrew's making hand motion. Oh, so do you want to go to traffic right now? Oh, yeah, we can do it a little yeah, bit early. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, hey, coming ready. up, by the way, we're going to just so everybody knows what's coming up. So Starbucks apparently is in a little bit of hot water because a couple got charged $4,000 for a couple of cups of coffee. And a little bit later on, we're going to have Rye come, come around and he's going to give us his take on the Super Bowl. And maybe we can find out what that wager was that he and John happened to have and just how much money they made off the big game. So as I was saying, so there's different types of spaghetti. You got your marinade. Are we back on the air? <laughs> we are. We are. Yeah. <laughs> right in the middle of my dissertation about various pastas. 
Uh, I can't imagine anybody not noticing this, but when well, I'll just go to the, here's Fox 23. They did all the hard work, Sherry. We just have to blab about there with a story on the other side. So, um, couple goes to Starbucks. I think they ordered two cups of coffee and... Jesse O'Dell and his wife, Dee Dee, say every morning for the last 16 years, they get an iced Americano and a caramel frappuccino from Starbucks, which usually sets them back around $10. But on January 7th, their order cost a lot more than that. It was $4,444.44. That $4,444.44 was the tip taken on top of the... By the way, Sherry, I'm going to be asking you to do the imitation of this woman, so please be paying close attention, okay? Okay. Yep. yep. Their order, making the total cost of two cups of coffee $4,456.27. For this to happen was just a real... It's just a, it's, it's a real shock. They got the coffee from this drive through at 91st and Yale. Jesse says he selected no tip on the card machine and didn't get a receipt. A couple of days later, Dee Dee was trying to buy their four daughters' shoes at the mall when her card was declined. They got this duplicate receipt and say Starbucks told them there'd been a network error with the card machine. And after speaking to managers, they were sent two checks. But when they arrived, they bounced. We contacted their, their customer service helpline probably 30 40 times that day they assured us that they are sending new checks but as of today we still have not fully finished the situation we still haven't received checks the couple filed a report with tulsa police dd is an orphan originally from thailand she hasn't seen her sisters in 17 years and the family were supposed to fly out to visit them and the orphanage the help man this woman is giving a lot of details isn't she <laughs> I mean, where they bought it, 92nd in Yale, she's an orphan, they haven't seen the family, and wow, this is really filling this thing Looking up. over there, they've now had to cancel that trip, costing them thousands. Disappointed, for sure, and it's just, we just don't look at each other like, how are we going to yeah, survive? Trip, and we canceled how? our trip, for sure. We, we, we had to... Uh, we had to go uh, towards our, and these are non-refundable tickets. These aren't the kind of things that you can, you know, just change out unless it's like a day or two ahead in advance. Um, so we just have to eat that. They're now telling everyone to check receipts and say they don't know if they'll ever go back to Starbucks again. Our consumer confidence is at an all-time low. This is something that um, <laughs> has caused huge duress in our own family. You know, and hopefully other people don't have to go through something like this. Yes, Sue. Hi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm Aaron Murphy. If you've been if you've been overcharged by Starbucks, call me. I'll help you. Yeah. Uh, four thousand four hundred forty four dollars and forty four cents, Sherry. How did this happen? It it happened because they said there was a sticky key um, on the cash <laughs> register. Now it seems a little far fetched because they weren't leaving a tip. So they weren't punching in any numbers for a tip. So I'm not sure how they got to that point. But Aww. remember, Dee Dee is an orphan. <laughs> <laughs> Dee Dee is an orphan. Like that was really. Oh, wait, I was going to have you do story. the. I was going to have you do the total. I was going to have you do oh, the total about. Let me the see that. Four hundred. The four thousand four hundred fifty-six dollars and fifty cents. It's a little Robin Leachy, I know. I can't tell if she's British or Australian. $4,444.44. And 44. Okay. okay. There you go. All right, good. Um, by the way, no accents. Just want to see if I can get you to get suspended again for another two days. Um, 
Yeah, I got suspended a whole week. I don't even know what I did. <laughs> you don't have. You let Sherry do the accents. <laughs> uh, I wonder if this happens often that people don't realize they don't put the tip down. The person slips in there. When I growing up watching my father, he would always, you know, there's a total. He put the tip on, and he never totaled it. And he'd scribble his name on there, a name that I learned to uh, forge so I could get through grade school. And I used to think, I said, Dad, shouldn't you, like, total it up? No, you don't total it up. And I go, what, what if they, like, put an extra? Nah, they're not going to do that. He, and it was, like, always this idea that he always assumed that the people were not going to take advantage of that sort of stuff. Like, never locked the doors, never did this, never did that, and never totaled it up. And I still don't total it up to this day. And I don't even know because I don't check the thing. I don't know if I get burned on it later on. I don't do it either. And I and people have told now, me. Now why the same don't you thing. total it up? Why don't you total it up? <laughs> half the time I don't want to do the math. <laughs> I mean, it's that easy. So don't feel like it. And then I've had people make fun of me because, like, I'll cross out like if it's you know what I mean. Then you carry the one. I still do that. I can't do it in my head. I'm so bad at math. It's embarrassing. <laughs> and you know how you pick? I pick up the check uh, almost every time I go with somebody. I always pick up the check. And so uh-huh. they're they're kind of looking at you while you're doing it. And yeah. I would sit there forever and just think it, and, I didn't, and so I just scribble down the how much the 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 tip is and leave it go. All right, ready? Yeah. Seventeen. Uh huh. I'm writing down. Plus. Go ahead. Seventeen plus thirty-nine. That gonna throw uh, you seven off. Seven and nine. Yeah, seven and nine is eighteen. Carry the one, two, four, uh, fifty-eight. No, seven nine is not eighteen. What? What is seven and nine? Oh, that's sixteen. Here's what we do. Yeah, we're gonna check back. Okay. Yeah. We gotta check back. We we'll take traffic and we'll check back like six minutes from now. Okay. Okay. All right. Just Maybe take a deep breath. By the way, why'd you give her a rim shot as she picked up the check? Because she's picking it up with her hands. Yes, somebody's making it. Andrew's getting more and more wow. granular wow. with what counts as a hand <laughs> reference these days. Because she picked up the check. Okay, good. Wow.